What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas that stimulate wholesome thinking unto identity, purpose, vision, and action. I am James Anderson, and with me is Logan Eaton and Kyle Entman. My good bros, what's cracking? Hello. What's cracking, James? Good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, where were you? Tell the listeners. Oh, <laughs> um, I I uh, got I got uh, sidetracked. Yeah, I got sidetracked last week. I was uh, after work. I had to go a couple places, run a couple errands, and I was about thirty minutes away. So. Don't lie, you really just ate a big thing of cheesecake. Well, to be, I did eat ice cream. <laughs> I did, I did. I went to go get ice cream when and you were calling, and I was like, right. <laughs> "That's what you were doing." <laughs> I was on. No, I was going to get ice cream. I did. I got it. And like you were calling when I was in the ice cream store. <laughs> It was at it was in Waterloo, Mister Freeze or whatever. Yeah, and by this and point, we were you were supposed to already be here. You were yeah, telling nice. us like, yeah, yeah, I got to work late. Yeah. I did. I had. But you were at the <laughs> ice cream store. I had to do something legitimate, but I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have some ice cream. And then yeah. I just slammed it and went home and you fell asleep. It was not the best sleep. Let's just say that. <laughs> don't don't try to eat ice cream before you go to bed. Old ice cream. At least all the sugar, but it was a nice. What flavor did you get, at least? I got a caramel sundae. Mm. Yeah, it was good. It was mm. good. But, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was uh, I was coming. I was going to come out, but you called, and I was like, you know, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, you were too busy at the ice cream, cream store in line. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a decent line, but uh, they had quite a few people working, so I was able to get in pretty quick. I asked for it, and like two seconds later, they brought it to me. They're like, here you go. I was like, wow, that was quick. That was quick. Yeah, but it went pretty well without me, huh? Yeah. Good uh, mm-hmm. good stuff. Absolutely. Fiery conversation topic. Yeah. 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 It was explosive. Explosive. Good. You didn't have to change <laughs> yourself too many times, did you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. It wasn't taco night. It was the first three Definitely. times. It wasn't taco <laughs> Never eating tacos. It wasn't burrito night. Burritos. Jimmy smoked a cigar sometime too. Yeah. (laughs) Like the good old days. (laughs) Like the good. But what was um? What did you guys talk about last week? Briefly. Listen to it. Jeez. All right, I listened to it. (laughs) What did we talk about? We talked about how the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Cool. Influence. Cool. How you should have some. Mm. And tonight we're talking about substance. Substance? Yeah. Not abuse. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> More like substance as in like matter. Okay. Like yeah, just looking matter. at yeah, looking at some of these uh stories and miracles that took place and how they didn't just appear out of thin air. There was there was there's quite a few stories where things were transformed or something small was turned into abundance, but it, it was all made from something that existed. And so the idea is that sometimes, you know, I, uh, 
we can there can be a tendency to kind of take ourselves out of the equation of like maybe I've got a money problem, you know, I got a problem with my finance, I got a problem with this relationship, um, I got this problem at work, but you know, I'll just pray about it and God will take care of it. You know, like, you know, it'll just magically disappear kind of concept. <clears throat> and not saying that that can't totally happen, but uh, there's this definite reality that God created us on purpose. And he doesn't have to create something out of thin air because he has us. So this is kind of the concept we're looking at tonight. And so the the first story, we're going to look at a few stories here. The first one we're going to look at is when Jesus turned water into wine, which is interesting. Because this, John said, was the first miracle he did. So let me just read this bad boy for us here. It says, uh, this is John 2, 1 through 11. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan and Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used for the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washings, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water so they are filled to the brim. Then he told them now, no, no, no. Jesus said, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them now draw and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servant who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. What, what Jesus did here in Canaan of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. It's interesting that they said that this was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. The, the, what you call it? Like the intro, the, the opening night, the opening act to mm. display his glory was turning water into wine. Mm. It wasn't healing sick. It wasn't raising the dead. It wasn't casting out the demons. You know, this is, there's a party going on and everybody drank all the wine and Jesus turns this water into wine. I just, I just, mm. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. But so what's the other thing that's interesting, though, is that Jesus told them to fill the jars with water, right? Like Jesus didn't just make the wine appear in those big jars. He said, fill it with, with water. And then he transformed the water into wine. And it's just that concept where he used substance and then transformed what was there so if you think about um like when he when jesus fed the four thousand or the five thousand right they had bread and they had a few fish and it was with what they had just the little that they had that then went a long way to the point where they had where maybe they only had two baskets and then they had they fed all these people and then had you know baskets fulls left over but just kind of this concept of just there's just 
with just a little bit, God can take that and do something crazy with it. Uh, when, when Jesus and Peter got confronted about the temple tax, Jesus told Peter, Hey, go fishing. First fish you catch, we'll have the a coin in its mouth and then we can pay our, our temple tax, right? Like he didn't just make the coin appear like Peter had to go mm -hmm. fish, catch it, unhook it, grab the, you know, like the fish went and ate Stick a coin at the yeah. in the fish, <laughs> right? Was it in its mouth or was it like in its like, like way back there? Mm. <laughs> this fish all the way over there, <laughs> flopping around. Oh my. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> Telling people there's a coin down right. here somewhere. <laughs> that guy's got his arm down a fish's mouth. <laughs> I'm getting money. <laughs> now I put it in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. But he used <laughs> the substance. That's a big fish. Well, it was after that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a dinero or something like that, huh? You're a dinero. It's a dinero. Robert, dinero. Right. <laughs> like Daenerys, Daenerys, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm. But it was some kind of money, it. though. It was a coin, right? Some kind yeah, of pay for some taxes. kind of monetary. Because yeah. he said, "Let the let the government have what is theirs." Yeah, let Caesar have what Caesar's. So he's Dang. pretty chill about Give it. Give to God what's God's. Wow. Yeah, that's sweet. Mm. It's pretty prof prof prophetic pro pathetic yeah pro and po yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's hilarious. laughs> uh, but yeah heck of a story substance which substance. one substance fish one yeah yeah <clears throat> substance so there's another story right with elijah elijah this one's interesting this is in first Kings. So Elijah, um, calls for a drought and, um, and bam, there is then a drought. Oh my gosh. Hold on a second. Yeah. So anyways, he calls for a drought and God tells him, all right, go to the Kidron Valley and, um, Sorry, I'm trying to find this thing. Anyways, he says, "Go to the Kidron Valley. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell these ravens to, um, I'm gonna tell these ravens to bring you food during the day, and then you're gonna drink from the brook that's there." So he does. These birds bring him food, and then he just drinks water from the book. Well, some time goes by, and um, the brook dries up. So he says, all right, well, I'm going to send you to this, this widow and I've commanded her to take care of you. So I couldn't find it. I think it's the widow. What book is it in? Yeah. I don't know. Water and wine. I don't For some reason it's not on this. It's not on this telephone. We're having some depth. Technical difficulties here. Oh, wait. Boom. Yeah. So, here it goes. First Kings 17. Come on, somebody. All right. So, the brook dried up, 
because there had been no rain, because he called for no rain. Then the word of the Lord came and says, Go at once to this one place in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So when he went to Zarephath, uh, when he came to the town gate, a widow there was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Why? Oh, no, sorry. Would you bring me a little water in a jar that I may have a drink? So she was going to get it. Then he called out, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said. (laughs) But first, make me a small loaf of bread. Um, from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain in the land. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family for the, the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. It kept in keeping with the word the Lord spoke to Elijah. Hmm. This, <laughs> this one's interesting. Because, hmm. so God God says, all right, I directed this this widow to uh, to take care of you. It almost seemed like the woman didn't get the, <laughs> she didn't get the email. <laughs> nor, nor did she have the supply, nor did she seemingly have the supplies, right? I mean, you talk about kind of living in reality or kind of coming to terms with your circumstances. And she's like, look, man, I'm out here gathering sticks. I'm going to make the very last little bit of food that I can with this little tiny bit of flour, this little bit of all the oil that I have left. My son and I are going to eat it and then we're going to die. Like talk about hopelessness. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, nobody panic. He's like, go make me a piece of bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just in a place of like death, like in an instant, it gets transformed into life. But what was interesting is that it was the the miracle came from the substance that already existed, right? It was it was with the very last little bit that this woman had was the very thing that just, it didn't run dry. And it's just this concept, one, that it's like, it doesn't have to be much for God to use it. And sometimes it it doesn't have to be much and it doesn't have to look like much. There's a, in Luke 17, the disciples, Jesus was teaching and, in response to some of that, the disciples are like, whoa, hey, man, increase our faith. He's like, man, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could tell this mulberry tree to uproot itself and plant itself in the sea, and it would obey you. Right? And he just kind of keeps talking about this reality of faith, that the fact that all you need is a little bit. And he's like, and you're called to live in the supernatural. You're called to live in these miracles. And that should be normal. It's as normal as you would send a servant out to go work in the field is as normal as, as I'm saying, Hey, go 
heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons, make disciples of all nations. Like that's normal. And so it's like, it's just this concept with just a little bit, whatever you have is like, it's, it's full of potential in mm -hmm. terms of like what could be done with it. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Definitely interesting. Yeah. 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 So, right. Well, going back to like what I was talking about earlier, <clears throat> or looking at visions and, and ideas, right? So, like, Logan, you have, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we want to create something big that's impactful, like, you know, a thousand acre farm or whatever, right? Right. But, it's like sometimes even starting out with, we think the big thing, right? But starting out with five acres or whatever, something small, but getting yourself out there can be powerful in just planting that. And it might only take people see it and then they go, oh, wow, you know, I like that idea. And that just gets transformed really quick. So I think if, if that's what you're saying is it doesn't take, like you're saying, it doesn't, it's just putting it into practice you don't have to worry about the big, huge, like how you're going to accomplish that huge picture, but putting things into practice, even if they seem, if they, I think the word is seem small mm -hmm. or it's not going to amount to much if I just do this little bit, you know, having, okay, if I want to do what I want to do with kids and adolescents, even if I started on a small plot of land and, and seeing where it goes from there, you know, because I think reducing i think i was thinking because in my head i can visualize something really big but that's okay to just go s smaller and see what potential is in that little just like having a little apple seed you know mm. it's small it's a small little thing but it gets can get huge yeah so that's where i go with that yeah it's pretty cool yeah what was that what was the part um did you said something about potential how did you how did you phrase that question crap <laughs> you really got to write these things down yeah yeah about like uh um how you should have how you have some like how you act on it or or um just the, seeing it oh oh yeah i think i remember what you're saying like like sometimes your potential whatever you have can be the potential that you that you need to turn into something like you don't have to have everything yeah um like with the woman in the story, she just had the little bit and it, let, and it, it was enough Yeah, and it was for massive things. Yeah. To, at least just to, to do what, what it was, what the purpose was that it had. The flour was there to make bread and oil and it did that over a massive scale for a long period of time and it was enough. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's easy to get worried about not, not having enough or not ha not thinking you're in a bad situation to not be where you want to be or um i don't know like like if you got student debt sometimes you might have a dream to go out and work somewhere or do something or start a business but you've got the student debt and you think well you know i'm just not in a good spot to do it but in reality it's like okay um you know that doesn't hold that doesn't hold god back that doesn't you know it's manageable all that stuff is manageable and, and if you put a plan together like if you actually 
you know, put the time in to create a plan or to figure out, okay, what do I got to do to manage this debt and to get out of it? Like that, that takes effort. If you can do that, I mean, it, it just starts to become, you can start doing things. And, and that's just, I guess it's just an example, but it's easy to just get worried about all that stuff and think you don't have enough or think you're not in the right position to do this or do that, or you don't have enough, I don't know, you don't have enough experience or you don't have enough education or you don't have the right people or I don't know. And it's just, it's easy to think that way. And, and that causes anxiety and frustration. And then it usually, you usually just crap out and, and, you know, get tired and, and then you're back to where you don't want to be. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's easy to, to get anxious about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and it doesn't take a lot of, it doesn't take a lot of faith to just say, well, God's going to take care of it. It doesn't take really any faith just, just to say that. And I mean, it takes, I guess, a little bit of hope, but it takes more faith to be like, okay, this is going to require some accountability on me and responsibility on me. Mm. And I'm going to, if I'm going to take action then God has to show up, like God has to show up here because I'm going to take, I'm going to put something at risk, whether it's my time, my money, my effort, my energy, whatever. I'm going to take effort and action. So God has to show up. It takes a lot more faith, I think, to do that than the faith to just say, well, God, I prayed and God's going to, God's going to, you know, give me this or something or just depend on, depend on something showing up out of nothing. I yeah. don't know. It just doesn't take much faith to think that way. It takes more faith to say, I'm going to act on this and it better, you know, something better happen. Yeah. Something's got to happen. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah. So the water and the wine, Jesus told the servants, right? So Mary tells Jesus, you know, and Jesus is like, ah, he's like, <laughs> he's like <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, end quote. End quote. <laughs> That's the, the new street version. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> what y'all worried about? <laughs> nah, dog. Yeah. So anyways, anyways, yeah. So Jesus tells the servants, a fill up the jars with water. And so, I love it that it then says, then they filled it up to the brim, right? Mm. So they're just doing what he said, but that took faith, right? And then he said, scoop out some of that liquid and take it to the the host of the party. No, it wasn't the host, but it was like whoever like the most important person was, take it to them. All right, that's risky. <laughs> Who is this guy? We just filled these jugs up with water. Wasn't it like wash water? Like people had maybe bathed in it? I don't think so. I think it was just uh -huh. water. Well, they were ceremonial washing uh, jars. So maybe they had been. <laughs> or at least yeah, but no, but they filled them up. So I think they were empty. Oh, okay. But yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know if they had Dawn back then. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> rub some dirt in it. It's fine. <laughs> but the person they were taking it to probably had power. They probably had the power to like it. Well, it's like that was like the most important person. And so they're scooping up this water that was once water and taking it. I mean, that's. And saying it's wine. Yeah. <laughs> and then this guy's like, holy crap, right? Like this stuff's legit. It's good wine. You know, and with with the 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 widow and the son and Elijah, he says, first make me out of what you have left. They She just said, I'm going to make this, eat it and die. He said, first make me bread out of what you have, mm. then make yourself some bread, right? That order right. is like matters, right? Because right, right. to offer up the very last that I have to some stranger 
She's like seemingly could care less that me and my son are about to die. Right. To then to trust in that and take that action Mm -hmm. that then brought about. Yeah. Kind of like, I don't know. Just thinking too, like, uh, with accomplishing your visions and dreams, right? Like, first there's certain things you have to do or or would benefit you you know if you want first getting some experience in an area making those connections um learning i don't know other skills all that stuff then go out and once you have some a plan then it's more solidified then you can you know put more stuff into concrete action that's what i kind of think of it like that like taking care of those first things, which, because I think everyone wants to, you know, invest and do it right now, and, and, you know, everyone wants it right now, but it's like, sometimes what we want isn't the best, and it's like, you second guess, she was probably like, uh, you first, but I'm gonna, she's like, (laughs) all right, so something within her had to be like, but he, but, so yeah, that's what I think of that. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a couple things you guys said were um, real important. It was, and one of them was like, well, so you got this big vision, but then what does it look like to turn that, to turn this idea into that big vision. And, you know, you're talking about the apple seed. Well, that, that seed, well, one, it doesn't look like much when it starts out, right? This is the whole concept of potential. Like it really doesn't look like much, but inside of that thing is like, is epic abundance and overflow. And so you put that thing in the ground and there's, it takes time for it to sprout up out of the ground, create a leaf, create a stem, right? And turn into a tree. And then that then produces fruit. I mean, you're talking about some time. And so kind of like you were talking about, like you get these ideas that would actually solve your problem. It would get you going or it's like, or literally like sometimes I have an idea I'm like, I've got a problem or I've got an issue or i got something I'm thinking about. And then I'll come up with an idea. This idea is actually a solution to the problem. But then I'll be like, nah, mm-hmm. like I'll disc, I'll discount or di- I'm discount. Dis- yeah. yeah. I'll say, you know, I'll somehow just say, no, that's, that's not going to work. And then I'm just left with my problem. <laughs> I'm left in the same position because I came up with an idea, but then I was like, nah, nah, it's not going to work. But then it's like, no, that was actually the solution. Right, right, right. Or like, right, or having people maybe suggest, uh, for me, it's like people suggest things or tell me things or try this or do this. And it's so easy. Oh, no, I'm, why, why do that? You know, why do I need to do that? And I think uh, sometimes I, I need to listen to all sorts of information coming because I don't know what's going to be beneficial for me. Mm. Like who knows who the was it Elijah told the lady? Yeah. Who, know, who knows who the Elijah is, right? Mm. Put that in your water jug. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So here we get. We got. We got another one. Another oh. jug story. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but you're talking about shortages, right? This yeah. idea that there's shortages. And this one, this one, we're gonna get into it. All right. So now. 
All right. Depending on what side of the Bronx you grew up on, I used to call this guy Alicia because it's spelled Alicia. Look, if they didn't want words to be sounded out, they wouldn't have given letters sounds. Like vowels? Yeah. <laughs> yes, whatever. Mm. Anyways, other people call it Elijah instead of Elijah. So Elijah was the guy we were just talking about, right? right? Who then runs into this guy Elijah or mm. Alicia, if you're me. Mm. And uh, yeah, and Alicia is the one, Elijah, whatever, is the one who gets like the second he's like, I want two shares, whatever. I, what did he say? Oh, I want a double portion of your anointing. That's what he says to Elijah. Who's taken up in a chariot of fire in a whirlwind. It's pretty, pretty epic. But anyways, so Elijah or Alicia, he has an encounter with a widow as well. And so here we are. We find ourselves in second Kings chapter four. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elijah or Elisha. Elisha. It says Elisha. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But his creditor is coming to take my two sons as slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what is it that you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Alicia said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. As each is filled, put, it, put one to the side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But he replied, there's no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons can live on the rest. Hmm. So here's this, this woman, right? This widow. Her husband dies, but apparently had a decent-sized debt. So now the debt collectors coming to this woman said, Hey, I'm going to take your kids. They're going to be my slaves until you can pay off the debt. She's like, Oh my gosh. So she goes to Alicia and, uh, and it's just, it's interesting. His approach. He's like, okay, how can I help you? What is it that, what do you have? Right? So what's the problem? The problem is that we need some money. Like we owe a debt. So, He's like, all right, what do you have, right? In, in the sense of like, what do you have that we can sell? And she's man, I don't have anything. Except I just, and this is interesting that she would even say it, but she's like, all I got is like this little tiny bit of oil. That's it. There's like nothing else of value. He's like, bam, we can use that. And so the story unfolds. But you think about like, just even his approach, right? Because I don't know, somebody comes to you like that, maybe, you know, I mean, he could have just been like, all right, well, let me, how much money do you owe? And let me go, let me go see if I can raise it or find it or whatever. Or maybe they could have got together with all their friends and be like, hey, we need this amount of money. Otherwise, they're going to take our kids, whatever. Or maybe they're like, maybe we could have negotiated with the debt collector. Or maybe they could have found, you know, hired themselves out to work to be able to get the funds or whatever. But anyways, he doesn't do any of these things. 
He says, what do you have? She's like, I just got this little bit of oil. He's like, perfect. Go and get some jars. But whatever you do, don't just get a few. Right? So again, so we're talking about faith here. So her sons come, bring her some jars. They close the door behind her, and bam, they start pouring out of this little tiny jar or whatever. There's just a little bit of oil, and they start pouring into these jars. Bam, one jar full. Move it to the side. Another jar, fill it up. Full. Oh, my gosh. Give me another one. Full. Just out of this little tiny bit that didn't look like much came overflow abundance. Out of what she had that didn't look like much came everything she needed. But you think now this story for me is like screams like potential. Because there was no shortage of oil. There was a shortage, if you want to call it that, in vessels, in jars, right? He says, don't just get a few. Get all you can, right? She's pouring. She's pouring. Give me another jar. Oh, we're out of jars. You're out of jars. The oil stops flowing. There was no, there was no limit to how much they could have filled up. The only limiting factor was the vessels that they had. So he says, go sell them, pay off your debt, and then you can live on the rest. And I'm not saying that she didn't get all that she could, but what if, you know, after hearing that, you'd be like, Frank, I wish we would have, wish wish we would have taken the time to find a few more (laughs) jobber dangles. (laughs) Maybe maybe they tried it again, but it didn't work. I don't know. Whatever. I'm I'm not trying to dis... I'm not saying they did anything wrong, but I'm just thinking like, let's just say those vessels, right? That oil, right? So this is the concept of shortages, right? So shortages, like, is there such thing as shortages, right? Like to your creativity, your ability to realize dreams and thoughts and, action and energy right are there shortages in these things well i just don't have enough energy well i just couldn't do that well you know i'm not in the right position well i've got all this debt i've got this i got that well my dream's too big i don't have all this money do you believe in shortages you know so this 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 little jar of oil that didn't look like much right we're talking about potential this is the untapped right you get these ideas right they give you they're they're giving you insight into what you're capable of so we got this this person called the holy spirit who who is connected in like the fiber of our beings and fuels us right who's un, has unlimited power but let's just say so the holy spirit is the oil right? The vessels is your belief in what it is that you're capable of. Cause look, the only shortages there, the only shortage there was, was the, was how many vessels they had. But I mean, so when you think about potential, right, it's what you could do. It's not what you have done. It's what you could do. It's not who you, what you become. It's what it's who you could become. It's the things you could get into. But what if your dreams, what if you only believe you could just do something small, you couldn't do the whole thing? Well, I've got this dream to have this big farm, but it's too big of a dream. Well, I just settle for something like this or, you know, or maybe I can't do that. Maybe I can't do all 10 of these ideas. I can only do one, you know, what if 
right? To the degree that you believe is to the degree that that mm. oil will flow. If that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. there was no, that oil, that oil would have kept going. If they had another jug, mm. there would have been more oil. If you had, and just in that concept, is if you had a little more belief in what it is that you're capable of doing, that's kind of the difference between like what you'll actually realize and what you won't. But it's like, what, 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 how do you view yourself? How valuable do you see yourself? How full of potential do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as somebody who matters or do you, or do you, do you look at yourself and be like, man, I, I've just got, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing to offer. I've got nothing in my house. If there's nothing to my name, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, what do you have? I just got this little, this little tiny bit of oil. Just, does that make sense though? Like this concept of your beliefs or the, the, your belief in yourself and your capacity is, is kind of like the, that's the, that's the only area where you could come up with shortages is kind of in your belief, not, not in what God's able to do, but kind of in what you, you believe is possible. Like your self perception. Yeah. Kind of like that's the jars. Yeah. Like a low self perception or self, yeah, self-perception, yeah. it only creates a little bit to be filled, but like mm-hmm. a higher value of what you can bring or your potential or what you what you want to do mm-hmm. creates a creates more capacity to be filled up, mm-hmm. maybe. Is that, what, is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. Is that what I, am I getting that right? You are. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. You have any thoughts? Yeah, because it, well, it's easy to just have a low self-perception by a lot of teaching, a lot of teaching that says, you, you know, yeah. um, you, you need to... Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's just a lot of things out there that can create a low self perception. Um, you know, thing, thing like you know, you're not you're not prepared enough for this. Especially like like you know, maybe maybe parents that want you to have that want that want an individual to go to school for you know, you know, six years to be a doctor. And and they, so there's so there's all this, but the but the 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 individual wants to do something else, or so there's there's just all these teaching about you know you need to do this and you need to do this and do this, and so the self perception of wanting to go out and do something that they that the person actually wants to do it just becomes lower and lower. I'll just settle for this or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good example, but um, there's just a lot of stuff in the world that decreases our self perception. I think. Um, whether it's like you know, whether it's in the church talking about sin, um, and 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 just focusing so much on the sinful nature, or whether it's like you know, you didn't go to college, and you since you didn't go to college, you really don't have enough education to do anything, uh, you know, big or great, uh, or it's like just these, just these, we kind of we let these these um, this human these human um, I don't know like human laws almost dictate everything and dictate our self-perception that um that's just it's all man-made views and then we can buy into those and and it lowers our self-perception and kind of limits us i think 
I don't know. That's just what I. That's what I've kind of seen. But yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I want to say like a human condition, or at least what I've seen is the idea that well, this is going to be my life, and I'm constrained to this, or okay, I'm a teacher, or I'm a doctor, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm comfortable. The comfortability thing. And maybe we learn that, you know, from other people or our childhood or whatever. It's just, you just live comfortably, you know. And it's like, it's like I don't think, and what we've talked about here and getting together, you know, is be transformed. It's like, it's like, well, no, I mean, we've got uh, much more potential and possibilities than we give ourselves credit for, you know. Um, that's my thoughts on it. And, and I've had to that's been a pretty eye-opening experience for me um now you might have to start smaller but um if the dream within you is like man i could do something big like bigger than this like then then do it like you know this life is passed by quick and <laughs> go big go what, go big or go home right yeah. i mean there's so much transformation that can help that can you look at where you know the area northwest ohio where we're at it's like man just think about if you did that mindset of go big go home how much transformation you could leave for other people you know so yeah but yeah 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 who's the world to dictate i guess how you view yourself or how you right. view your dreams or what you can what you and can't can do. can't do yeah yeah we give it. We give self-limiting perceptions or self-limiting thoughts about things. Yeah, we give it so much power to just dictate all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I was even thinking, you know, because you could even have the mindset right of how much is too much, or is there is is there a level of success that's too much, or is there a level of influence that's just pride and arrogance and sin and this kind of. <laughs> cow patties kind of thinking and um you know or even like you know you think about this woman uh the woman in the the oil and the jars and stuff and it's like what if your perception was like well i don't know how extravagant god is you know like maybe i can maybe maybe there are maybe i do have these jars but i'm not gonna fill them up because i don't i don't need that much or this and that you know what i mean like that concept of like you know, I don't know. You just, you feel like you can't have anything good or like to have stuff or to have abundance is like evil. Right. But you look at, at, at Jesus turning water into wine, right? The first thing that displayed his glory. And the guy was like, dude, this is like choice. <laughs> this wine is choice. After everybody's already drunk. You bring out this choice one. He didn't, you know, it's like that olive oil would have been like the jam. That would have been like the premium olive oil. Like when he had the, the you know, fed the 5,000 and the 4,000. There was like a ton. There was way more than they started with left over. You know, in the sense that God's not freaking stingy. The God who created all things, you know, is not stingy. But there can be like these concepts, right? And and this is the whole, this whole identity crisis is what kind of, 
makes us think that like we would take ourselves out of the equation. Like we don't matter, you know, there's a problem, but somebody else would do it. Or, you know, it's just, that's not for me or I, I couldn't do that. or I don't got this value. I was sitting in the hot tub today and I was, I was looking up in the backyard. Uh, there's like these, you know, this mature, um, maple trees and uh, they're big and they're, you know, the big old canopy, this kind of roundish, um, you know, thing like treetop, you know, this big round, like leafy treetop and, um, like it's big, but it's like, it's the fact that it's big portrays like a certain kind of picture. It's like, it's awe inspiring, right? Because it's big and because it's full of leaves, because it's mature, because it's, 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 it's something of substance. It's like it displays a piece of who God is. It's like it, it, if you had that compared to like a little tiny withered, you know, stick sticking in the ground that didn't have any leaves, was dying and didn't think it was worth anything. It's like, well, what do, what do you want to look at? Well, you want to look at the, the tree that's freaking glorious. Yeah. It's like that's we're supposed to be the big tree. We're not supposed to be the piddly little stick. And whenever we kind of whenever we kind of get into these things, we're just like, well, you know, God just uses you, you know, in spite of you. It's your big hot mess, but you know, he's that's all he's got to work with, this kind of concept. <laughs> and I was just thinking about the word demeaning, right? The fact that that is demeaning. And I was like, what is demeaning anyways? And so demeaning is damaging or lowering the character states or reputation of something or someone damaging or lowering the character status or reputation. Like that's what that's doing. Like these concepts that we're no good or we're not that like that, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're just all that God has to work with. No, look, God didn't make crap. <laughs> so you better check your freaking self. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like if we can grab hold of who we're actually created to be, we could actually be who we're created to be. I was listening to this uh, podcast and he was talking about being an apostolic people, apostolic, you know, coming from the word apostle and apostle being a governmental term, right? Like this was Jesus used this to describe the, the, the disciples. And it was a word invented. If I'm remembering it correctly, it was invented by the Greeks, but then the Romans adopted it and used it. And the apostle was the sent out. They were sent out ones or something like that. And essentially the whole purpose of, of an apostle, and we're talking about the governmental term here, in which I think Jesus as well meant it, that you would be sent. <laughs> this is the definition. You were sent from one place to go to another place to make this new place exactly like your old place. And you couldn't leave. Your job wasn't done until it was totally transformed into the place you just came from. So to sum up, right, it's, it's about uh, transformating, transformating, transforming society, right? So essentially it's like an ambassador, right? An ambassador gets sent from their country of origin 
to a foreign country where then they represent their country of origin in the foreign country. But an apostle would go, so in the, in the Roman military, the, the, the Roman Empire, their way of, of conquering nations changed from just killing people off or making them slaves to they would come take over the land, leave the people there. But then the goal was to make them like Rome. But the problem was is that they would conquer these nations. And then as time went by, they would the nations would continue to look like what they did before they got conquered, right? So they, they weren't turning into Rome. So they're like, okay, well, let's do this. Let's send the military, but with the military, let's send these apostles. So these were government officials or they were officials of some kind who then got turned into apostles who their job was to transform society. So you would have the military, you'd have these apostles, then you'd have architects, you'd have musicians, you'd have, you know, clothing people, you, you, you know, food, everything, right? We want these people to look like their houses to look like Rome. We want their clothes to look like Rome, their money, the way they talk, you know, the everything they do to look like Rome. And so this is what they did. They would colonize these places. Well, that is the mission that has always been the purpose of man on earth that God gave mankind authority. Mankind gave authority over to Satan. Jesus came to regain authority for mankind, which is why he came as a man. So now we are now in a place of authority because of Jesus. And the whole point is still to cause this world to look like the kingdom of heaven. And if we take ourselves out of the equation, we forfeit our duties and responsibilities, which means that we're going to, you're going to, yeah, I don't know, but you just, you can't forfeit your duties and responsibilities. We can't continue to have this thing called humility. That's really identity crisis. Like we can't keep cutting our feet out from underneath us thinking that we're nothing. We're no good. I heard the song the other day and it was, it was, um, it's not about me. It's all about you. And, you know, it's not about me, but it's all about God kind of concept. And I was like, yeah, really? Why did Jesus come to earth then if it's not about you? He sure as crap didn't need to come for himself. He came for us. Like we have to stop taking ourselves out of the equation. When we are the equation, the whole point God created the world and mankind was to function on earth. You cannot take yourself out of the equation. But you got to mm. understand that you're like a big freaking part of the equation yeah it doesn't work with unless you're in the equation <laughs> the numbers don't add up right yeah a squared plus b squared equals pi or something hmm. yeah it's interesting yeah yeah So anybody right, want to right, expand right. on that oh, interesting or yeah. you don't have to, but you could. No, that's a major belief. <clears throat> you always talk about less of me, the less of me thing too, less of me, more of you. So, and then this is pretty much the same thing as it's not about me. It's, it's all about you or something, mm. whatever that was. But yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't take faith to say that kind of stuff. It doesn't take any faith to say that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't take faith to just degrade yourself to, you know, basically nothing. 
doesn't take faith to say, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. And just, just kind of stay in that because it's, it's easy to say that it's, it's, it's extremely easy to just live that way. Like that's an easy, not, you know, no risk, no discipline, no responsibility, no accountability way to live. It's just to say, well, I'm just, I'm just so screwed up, you know, whatever Thank, you know, you know, I don't know, just thank goodness I don't have to be perfect or whatever. Just kind of some of that stuff where it's like, thank goodness I don't have to try to be perfect or, or I'm just human. St- yeah. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause we're, cause we're not going to be perfect, but, but just kind of that mentality where it's like, eh, you know, I'm just so messed up, whatever, you know, might as well just live with it. Um, yeah, it's not hard to live. The, it's it's easy way to live. It doesn't take a lot of faith, and uh, it. I think you just get, um, you just get steamrolled by the world at some point. You 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 eventually do just get you get steamrolled, or you you end up down current, in a in a away, yeah. in a swamp or something. Mm-hmm. Alligator. Without your pants or something. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> well, alligator chomping. And you're like, how the heck did I get chomping here? Chomping at the and, bit. Right. Right. You're like, well, because the paddle and boat that you had, you, <laughs> you jumped off. Yeah. Back up. <laughs> or the paddle and boat someone was trying to give you, you you're like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, tell that story. Oh, the story? The flood story? Oh, or, well, it was about a gentleman on his roof, and there was a big flood, and he's sitting there, and he's praying. He's like, God, help me. This is ridiculous. What's What the freak's going on? So... You know, a helicopter flies by, and they're like, "Yeah, hop on in," you know, or puts on a ladder, or rope, or whatever. He's like, "No, no, I've 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 been praying. God's gonna God's gonna end this. He's gonna rescue me." And they're like, "All right, whatever." And then like a boat fly, a boat rides by, and they're like, "Dude, come on, hop on in." He's like, "No, no, I've been praying. God's got me. Don't worry about it." And then something else. Um, I don't know, it comes by, and anyways, um, hot air balloon, hot air balloon, yeah. <laughs> so the guy passes away because it doesn't stop. He's like, he's, you know, he's been praying. He thought God's gonna just stop this match, you know, stop the flood, and everything's gonna be <clears throat> all right. So he goes to heaven or wherever, and he's talking to God. God's like, man, it's like you know, you should still be alive. He's like, he's like, dude, I've been praying. You know, why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent, you know, a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> a freaking plane and a and a and a Speed boat. Boat, He's yeah. like, come on. So, yeah, it's just a story about you pray and then we were talking about it cutting down. Oh man, I had an idea. You pray, you get an idea. You pray, or a person comes into your life. You pray, and something opens, and like, no, no, no heck, no, no, that because that's not how it's supposed to look, right? You know, um, or at least that's what our mind, my mind, will tell me. Like, oh no, it can't be right. That it's big. like, no, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> that's different than anything yeah. I've ever done before. And in I my think life. that's yeah. And I think that's <laughs> stepping totally what these stories talk about. Stepping into that faith. Like all three of those were, like, kind of like the people had to be like, what you know, well, do that. All right. And the thing is with the, with the woman. Like I mean, she was so close to death. It sounded like she was like. Okay, you know, I'll take this one last chance to to see what happens here because other than that, you know, I might as well, you know, go. So, yeah, but definitely being a part of that equation, yeah, I like that. If everyone knew or reframed their thoughts to know that they're part of the bigger equation, man, that could make a huge impact on, you know, things and, you know, the... The arguing and the, the the 
thinking, you know, one way is better than the other and uh, judgments and all that. That would make a huge contribution to building the the kingdom on earth where it's always supposed to be. Yeah. But we've gotten lost in the the lies and all that stuff. Yeah, because everything flows from your identity and your position, right? And we, we act like we don't matter, but we're adopted into as sons into an actual family that's actually legit. Yeah. So maybe the question, right, to end with is like, let's just say, right, if, if there was no hindrances, if there was no limitations money didn't matter wasn't a factor um time energy creativity there was no limitations like if you had access to anything and everything right just it doesn't even matter like what if you closed your eyes and you just thought about it there was not you could do anything anything whatever you could dream you could do it what would you do because if you have an idea my good peoples that is something you should be getting into the very thing that you long to get into, but you, you just, you just, it's not possible. I don't know how to do it. I, there's, I don't understand where there's a, where's the platform, where's the people, what am I supposed to do? I don't get it. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to do it. But if you can grab hold of the fact that that idea, these ideas, whatever it is that comes to your mind, when you think about with no limitations, with no concept of shortages, if there were no shortages in life, what would you do? And those are the things you should start spending some time working out because those are the things you're called to do. Those are the things that wrapped up are wrapped up in your potential and your purpose and your vision. These things, what would you do if you, if, if money wasn't an issue, where would you go? What would you build? What would you do? then go and freaking do it because why not if not you then freaking who go get you some freaking jars and fill that <laughs> junk up to overflowing right, right, right. and don't just go get a few either get as many as you can humanly possibly gather in jesus name my good peoples until next time peace